Hello and thank you for listening to this, my series of podcasts, talking to some of the extraordinary business aviation professionals I've worked with, for or alongside across the past 20 years. My guest in this edition is someone I initially worked with when she was making her first steps into business aircraft sales after graduating with a marketing degree and gaining her first job with the world's number one business aviation manufacturer, Bombardier leaving her Montreal home to give a helping hand to the international sales directors working out of the company's Farnborough Airport office. From our first training session together, I knew what a very special talent she had, and I'm delighted to say she spent the last 19 years proving me right, gaining the respect of the business aviation industry across the world. She spent the last year as chair of the International Aircraft Dealers Association alongside her role as vice president of transactions at leading business aviation sales and solutions provider ACAS. She is Zapora Mama. Zapora, hello. Hi, Paul. Great to be here. Great to speak with you. Congratulations on all your achievements. What for you have been the standout moments of your career so far? I'm grateful to say I think that there's too many to count. But if I had to uh, narrow it down to a few things, for me, the moves I've made. So I've done a couple of international moves. First, moving to London with Bombardier to Farnborough, I should say, when they opened their office there. And then to Monaco, where I spent five years. Those were incredible growth experiences and just fun, interesting times. Moreover, what I remember over the years are really the people and the places. I've met some incredible people, and I've been fortunate enough to go really around the world probably several times, and that's what stands out to me more than anything else. You certainly talk to the industry like a duck to water. Did you come from an aviation background? Is it in your blood? When I started at Bombardier, fresh out of university at 22 years old, I had been on an airplane twice in my life never mind a business aircraft. I fell into this industry being a, a local Montrealer and quickly fell in love with this industry and made it my business to learn everything I possibly could. But no, absolutely not. <laughs> I, it was not in the family. It was not something I was even aware of. It just like worked out that way for me. Other than the availability of new models of business aircraft, what would you say are the significant changes you've seen in your sector of the industry over the past 20 years? Probably the most significant change is the availability of data, which has led to buyers being a lot more savvy than they were, say, 20 years ago. So now most airplanes are listed for sale on market. There's a lot of still off-market deals, but you can do a lot of research on your own. We have clients sending options to us sometimes for an aircraft they want to purchase rather than us just sharing the information with them. So they're quite passionate, a lot of our clients, quite educated, interested in taking the time to really understand what they're doing and why they're getting into it. It's wonderful because it keeps us on our toes and keeps us very sharp and we keep going. As I've come to learn, if you're flying over 200 hours a year, it probably makes sense to buy your own aircraft. What advice do you give first-time buyers? Buying an aircraft is one thing. Operating the aircraft is another thing. Costs are hot to keep the airplane, and they're just getting higher. Crew is getting more costly to hire and to keep 
all of your operating costs. That has been a theme in the last year or two. That said, business aviation and owning an airplane or having access to it is one of the only things that can really change your life. And by that, I mean add time to your life, which is the most precious commodity. So from my perspective, if you can afford an airplane, it's a very wise investment. Said like a true business aviation sales professional. I've done this a few times before. (laughs) COVID-19 had an extraordinary impact across the world, including business aviation sales. It absolutely did. By and large, anybody who was sitting on the fence thinking, should I, should I not, is it time? It became time really quickly. People did not want to or were not able to fly commercially, but they still wanted to live their lives either personally and visit their various homes or or travel professionally. They needed to get out to their facilities and were no longer willing to take the risk of flying commercial. And frankly, the commercial space was just not there for certain times with the flights being canceled and, and such limited availability. So it really pushed people to go ahead with that purchase. I think we also realized that life is short and things can change and people wanted to get out there and enjoy as much as they could. It also had quite an impact on the prices of aircraft available. Well, it reminds me, and I'm going to perhaps age myself here, but when I first started in this business in the early 2000s, airplanes were appreciating. I remember one client who would buy a global every four years, just like we change our car. And at that time, they were about 50 million And every four years, he would sell it for 52 or 54 and make money. It was appreciating. We didn't see that again until the pandemic, where because of the scarcity of supply due to the extremely high demand, prices were appreciating. Sometimes month by month, you could see them go up significantly. We had some clients who also bought and sold within a year or 18 months during the peak of the pandemic, made several million dollars on the sale. So yes, it was very dramatic. It has subsided since and we're back to a more rational, more balanced market right now. One of the ramifications of COVID-19 was that many skilled professionals left the industry or retired, which is impacting on the industry today, I understand. Oh, yes, absolutely. You see it really across all levels of business aviation. First of all, crew. Crew are now leaving business aviation. Pilots are leaving business aviation to go to the airlines because the airlines need them again and are offering significant packages. So the already existing crew shortage has become worse. The skilled labor at the manufacturers, at the MROs, continues to be a problem. Sometimes we're waiting for work to get done just because they don't have enough people to do the work or enough people at the suppliers to do the work. So we're waiting for parts to be fabricated, to be shipped, and then to be installed. It's a real issue. So how do you think the industry can address that? We're starting to get much better at recognizing these issues and at working hard to draw in young people and new talent and explain the industry to them, explain the advantages Focus also on skilled labor, not just on white collar jobs, but on the the manufacturing jobs, the maintenance jobs, et cetera, that are so critical. I know NBAA is working on some very good programs, and I have met with Ed Bolin and discussed those programs with him. I was fortunate to be part of one of their advisory committees and seen the good work that we're doing. So I think that is really important on an industry-wide level and at the large association level. If those challenges can be overcome, how do you see the future of business aviation? 
people by and large have realized the value of business aircraft. It is a tool that allows you to add more hours to your day, to your week, to your month. We need to work on our image. We do have a perception problem as people perceive this as very bad for the environment, first of all, and another toy for the fat cats, so to say. It needs to be reframed as an industry that creates good jobs all around the world for many, many people. The amount of people involved in the operation and manufacturing of each aircraft is huge. It supports the economies of every country that's involved in this industry, supports technology, research and development. A lot of the latest technology that's implemented in commercial airlines or in other industries come from business aviation. So we need to refocus people's attention to understanding that this is a tool for business to allow businesses to grow and expand and a tool for creation of wealth and employment and industry. What doesn't get the publicity it deserves is that a huge amount has been and is going on to overcome the understandable environmental concerns. Absolutely. And also the efficiency of the aircraft themselves, the engines, the build, the way they're constructed, they're a lot more efficient than they were years ago. For the past few years, you've been actively involved with the International Aircraft Dealers Association, or IADA for short, culminating in chairing the board for a year. What is it about that organisation that's important to you? Business aviation has been a very non-regulated industry. We're not real estate brokers. We're not yachting brokers even where there are some regulations. We don't have any formally. So we're trying to establish some standards, some guidelines, some processes, elevating the industry as a whole. There are criteria to become an IATA member, to become a certified member. A key component of IATA is continuing education. So not only do you have to pass a very rigorous exam to become a certified broker, you have to maintain continuing education credits similar to a a lawyer or other professionals. I remember when I bought my first house and I went to the notary, the notary asked if I had any questions and I said I did not. And he was quite surprised that I didn't want to understand more about the closing process. And then when I explained to him that I sell airplanes that are movable assets across international borders with international buyers, etc., he understood my lack of questions and I spent the next hour explaining to him how we did business. (laughs) So, (laughs) yes, they are complex, movable assets, international closings, international clients, different regulations, different technical requirements, tax considerations. And that's why you really need to work with a specialist who does this day in, day out and has the wherewithal to properly advise you. Opportunities for women in business aviation were few and far between in the dim and distant past. That is, thankfully, changing. Reflecting on your experience, what advice would you offer women looking to join the industry and succeed as you have? First of all, I would say go for it. This is a wonderful industry. Secondly, I would say think longer term. Think about your goal. There will be days and times and certain people that might try to get you down. But as long as you have your eye on the prize, you can overcome that. You can rise up above that. And that's what I would encourage young people and young women to focus on. 
I've had the very great pleasure of working with you over the past year, collaborating on the speeches you've made, media appearances and the various industry panels you've contributed to, alongside working with members of the management team at ACAS. I have to say I've enjoyed every minute of it and I'd like to say a special thank you to Andre Curry and Diana Rose at ACAS for that opportunity and of course to you. Looking ahead, what's on the horizon for you? Well, first of all, thanks to you, Paul. You've really helped me and helped our company get out there more and make sure that our voice is being heard. So thank you for that. And thank you for making it fun also. (laughs) It's one thing to do it. It's another thing to enjoy doing it. That's really the goal. I've been fortunate to be at ACAS for over 10 years now, starting as the first person in aircraft sales together with our owner, Andre Curry. We started that division and seen it grow from employee number one to a team of sales professionals around the world and analysts and market researchers and a really great, wonderful group of people. What's next? I don't know. My career has always grown organically. I can't say that, you know, I had a master plan when I was starting out that I would do this or do that or go here or go there. I've just always been open to opportunity and keeping my eyes open for that. And and I think if you're ready and you trust your gut, you'll know when the next right thing comes along. My very grateful thanks to Zipporah Mama and to you for listening. If you'd like to find out more about what I do, or if you think I can help in any way and you'd like to book me, you can do so through my website, www.paulpennington.com. That's www.paulpennington.com. Dot com.